This evening, uh, we are going to talk about something um, that is very important, that was a specific instruction of the Lord to me today, just came to me this morning. You'll see it on the screen in a second. I've entitled it, The Most Important Thing Singles Need to Know. Now, please, if you're not single, don't turn off the stream right now. Okay, don't just say, well, I'm not single. That doesn't apply to me. I'm saying it in that way because the word of the Lord came to me about the singles specifically. But this applies to other areas of life. It applies to business because the way it came to me was from a business perspective first. And then the Lord gave me a word about the singles. So I'm focusing because he said, I want you to gather his exact phrasing of it. He said, I want you to gather the singles this evening. And I want you to tell them what I told you to tell them particularly. So I had Reverend Taylor send out an email this afternoon or this morning to every single person in our church specifically. No matter your, your gender, it doesn't matter, male or female, it doesn't matter whether you're old or young, 16 and up. If you're not legally married, if you're common law, and you better listen to me, you're single. In the eyes of God, you're not, you're not living right, and you need to make, the, make an adjustment immediately on that because uh, the government may say it's okay, but God doesn't. God only, counts you not, uh, God only counts you married when you've taken vows before a holy God. Now, long ago, before the governments were the way they are now, you know, back, back hundreds of years ago, there weren't any courthouses, and there weren't, well, there were courthouses, depending on what part of the world you lived in. When you lived in the jungle in Africa, there's no courthouses. You couldn't go and sign a, a paper with your quote-unquote government if you lived many, many, many uh, centuries ago. But, but the Christian church has always had... Uh, times where a minister that represents God, that speaks for God, that is called of God and blesses a couple and they make vows to each other. So what matters is that uh, whether, whether, you know, in our society we have a courthouse that, and we have paper that we sign to make it legal. But that's not really in God's mind what's most important. You do that for, you know, tax benefits and so that the government sees that you're legal. But that's not really what matters to God. What matters to God and what's mattered to God since the early church is that two people come together with a minister that represents and is called of God and that can speak for God with an anointing, a fivefold office on their life, whether they've got credentials or not, because hundreds of years ago they weren't ordaining bodies. And hundreds of years ago, they weren't marriage licenses, depending on what parts of the world you lived in. In England, there was, but in other parts of the world, there wasn't, for example. God is not interested in the legalism of the law or, or on some kind of a, uh, some, that kind of a system. That's not what he's interested in. He's interested in two people with somebody that represents him in the ministry, blessing them, laying hands on them, and then committing to each other vows of holy covenant between each other before God and before one of his representatives. So that when that minister prays over them and says, I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus, you are now married. It don't matter whether there's a government involved or not, in God's sight, they're married. And there's been situations in the past, I don't do it very regularly because we want to follow the law of the land, but there's been situations where for many reasons, I won't get into it, it was just impossible for somebody to get married for various reasons, but they were fornicating. And so they came and said, well, we can't for this, it's going to take X number of months and we, we, we're gonna, we know we're going to stumble again because we're already living together. Uh, we will eventually do the legal way when we're able to, but we don't want to be in fornication. So could we please just, is it okay, pastor? Is is it okay that it's just me and my, and my mate and God and you? Yeah. 
And I said, absolutely, because years and centuries ago, God didn't care about whether you had a paper to sign. He cared that the anointing uh, validated that covenant union. And so, of course, we, we like them to fill out the courthouse papers and do everything legally. And of course, in 99.9% .9 of cases, that happens at the same time I, 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 I pray over them. In certain cases, that might happen a little bit after the fact. But the point is, God counts only those that have come into a holy covenant of marriage and have said vows, at least before a minister, even if not before the law of the land, he counts those and only those people as married. Yeah. And anybody else, no matter what their situation or circumstances, he counts them as singles. Yeah. No matter how you see yourself, even if you're dating, God counts you as a single. Okay. Even if you're courting, God counts you as a single. If you're common law, he counts you as a single. If you're a widow, he counts you as a single. Yeah. Because unless you're in a covenant of marriage in God's mind, you're a single at that moment until you enter those holy vows. And so the Lord said to me, I want you to gather the singles of all. It doesn't matter the race, doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the gender, anybody that is not in the covenant of marriage. And I want you to speak to them tonight. But if, that's, if you're married, don't turn it off because this, there's other things here that applies to everybody. He just specifies the singles. Now I have to tell you, we're going to read some scripture in a minute, but I have to tell you a short story that has absolutely nothing to do with singles, but it's the way that this instruction came to me. My wife knows what I'm talking about. And, and so maybe if you're uh, married or regardless of your relationship status, you might learn some, pay attention because you, you'll learn some nuggets here on another side of the coin, but we're leading into the instruction to the singles because he really did speak to me this morning in, in, a, in a very strong way to help some of the singles. His exact words were, a number of singles in your church are displeasing me in their relationships. And he said, I want you to gather them and correct them as their pastor, for they are not, and he's not mad at anybody, and I'm not mad at anybody. He didn't tell me any names, so I don't know who he's talking about, but he said a number. That means more than one. Amen. Doesn't mean the majority, but it means, he said, a number of singles in your church are displeasing me in their relationships. And I want you to gather them and correct them and speak to them as their pastor, because I want their best for their future. Yeah. I don't want them to struggle like the world struggles. And some of them are headed for world struggles. What I mean is the way sinners struggle, some, young, some, some, uh, some single people, whether they're young or old, it doesn't matter the age, they're headed for that. They're headed in that direction because they're not following God's plan. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that, but I have to tell you the, how this came to me. And I got to be vague because he's not, uh, yeah, it's kind of unusual, but it applies to a number of scenarios that we face in life, including singles and relationships, but business and just decisions in general, really. You make decisions all the time. But uh, I don't want to get into details because he hasn't released me to talk about what I do pri privately uh, in a public forum. But, but let me, I, have to, I have to say this or it won't make sense to you. So, you know, he gave me this side business. He only lets me work one day a month on the business, which works out to about uh, half an hour to 45 minutes a day or about three hours a week. If, if you do a 12 hour, uh, you say a 12 hour long day would be one day on a long day. And so that's all I get to work on it. It's about 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day. Sometimes I, I, do, I do nothing. Many days I do nothing and then I'll do one or two hours in a row. But he doesn't let me spend a lot of time because he doesn't want this as a distraction away from the church or the ministry or anything like that. But he said, you, you'll, you'll, I'll bless you 
You don't worry about the hours that you have to put into it. I'll bless you and, and, and you'll be fine with just one day, with one day a month. So I said, okay, Lord. So I funded this more or less myself because I didn't want to go and get loans from the bank. And, and I, I'm not saying that that's wrong. It just said at this time, it just, the Lord just dropped on my heart. Just, just fund it yourself. And so it's been a great learning curve. It started in March when COVID started, really end of March. I think it was the last weekend in March. And I didn't start anything till April. And so it's been a, a, a great learning curve. And I've, I've lost some money because I've, I don't <laughs> half the time know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. And he said, to, and I don't deal with any Christians. I don't deal with any believers. I don't deal with any churches or any, anything to do with Christians, nothing. It's just secular people and corporations. And so, and I'm not used to dealing with that the same way, but this is stretching me and challenging me. And so I, uh, I've, been, I've been wanting, I've been learning by my mistakes and learning. I, you can't do much with one day a month, but you, with the time I have, I've been trying to learn, make, made a little bit of profit, made a little bit of loss. The loss and the profit cancel out, but made a little bit more profit than loss, praise God. But I said to the Lord during the fast, I said, Lord, when the fast is over, because he wouldn't let me touch it during the fast. I said, when the fast is over, I said, Lord, I want to I wanna take maybe a bit more risks because uh, what I'm making is negligible. It's nothing. I, I want, if, if, if I'm going to spend even a, a day a month, I want it to count for something. I want to have something to show for it. I, I don't want to just do it for almost nothing. So I, I want to be a bit more riskier, but uh, you've got, got to lead me because I'm fronting this myself, and if I lose it, I can't really afford to lose it. <laughs> you know, you know, I think you can maybe understand the predicament that when you've got a small cottage industry or a business, you don't really want to be in a lost position. But if you don't take risks and you don't step out, you, you, don't, you, don't take it, you don't really have a chance to gain much either. So you're kind of on this seesaw here where you don't want to risk, but if you don't risk... So I, I, as the fast ended, I started to do some things last week just for a little bit, and, and I, took, I took a risk on something with, 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 a, with a deal. And, uh, and, and I basically put everything that I had fronted, plus all the profits that I had for the whole year, into this one transaction. And, uh, and it looked like I made a colossal mistake, and everything was going wrong. And I, I, I went on last night uh, to look at some things, uh, and, and it, it just looked like it was falling apart. And I said, Lord, if, I, if this falls apart, I can't give details, but it was 99% that it was going to fall apart last night at 11 o'clock p.m. Because there was stuff that I was reading about the deal online because different things, and, and it was falling apart. And I said, Lord, if this falls apart, I lose all the money I fronted, plus I lose all the profit, the little bit that I've gained, and I mean a little bit, that I've gained for the last eight eight months or so that I've been practicing. It's just a practice season. And I said, I don't want to lose all that. I don't want to go in debt going into the new year. This is my year that I got out of debt, not that I go back into debt because of a stupid mistake. And it was a stupid mistake. And I, and I thought to myself before I did it, I don't know about this. When that thought crosses your mind, I don't know about this. You better pause for a second and don't, not proceed because, and I didn't, I didn't catch it because I'm emotional. I want to take a risk. I want to get a reward. You can't do that if you don't take a risk. But I had this uneasiness and I didn't listen to it. And, I may, and it looked like it was going to fall apart. I mean, like almost guaranteed. And so I went out. I was so frustrated and I was so upset with myself. Half the time we don't forgive ourselves. God don't mind. He'll make it back over time. But we're just mad at ourselves. And I couldn't take looking at that dog, not for another second, because he kept looking at me with those big eyes and his eyes made me sad and I already felt sad. And then Luke wants to play Uno. And I don't want to play Uno when I'm feeling this much pressure. 
and Quinn wants me to rub his back. I don't, I'll punch your back. I'm going to rub your back when I'm feeling this much pressure. So I said, Jennifer, I have to go. So I went out to pray. I went out to drive and pray. Praise God in the country where Jesus lives. He don't live in the city. He lives in the country. I'm kidding. And so I went out to pray, and I'm praying. I'm praying in the Spirit. And I'm just trying to get this pressure off me. I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying about the business, but I'm just praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. And then I thought, well, Lord, I need some sustenance. This prayer is really taking it out of me. And I felt the Holy Ghost. It wasn't the Holy Ghost, but I'll put his name on it. I need you to go get a cheeseburger at McDonald's. It is celebration time after all, Taylor. Until December 31st, until January 31st, he said, this is celebration time for you after your fast. So I didn't get, I didn't overeat, but I got a cheeseburger and it was the most glorious. It's the first cheeseburger I've had since the fast. And I must say, Jesus almost appeared to me in the vehicle, asked for a bite, but he didn't. <laughs> Praise God. But I felt his presence. <laughs> So I went, I had my sustenance, I'm praying, I'm driving home, because remember, I live, there's no McDonald's near us, so you have to drive 25 minutes to the McDonald's and 25 minutes home. That gives me 50 minutes to pray. And, as I'm, and I'm coming back, and I had, I had a check to deposit at the bank, and so I was pulling into the little uh, bank there in Aram, and I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, just as loud and as clear as I'm saying it now, it wasn't audible, but it was as loud as it, 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 was as loud as it could be without it being audible. And I heard him say, Pull into the back part of the parking lot. I want to speak to you about your business. And he said it just like that, like he wasn't too happy. So I pulled into the back part of the parking lot. Just I didn't want anybody there looking at me or, or whatever. And I pulled, and there's nobody there anyway. Aaron's like a ghost town after 5 p.m. I mean, the business is closed. It's like, it's like the country. It's like the farmers have to go back and milk the cows or something. I don't understand. Everything shuts down at like 6 o'clock. So this is 11 o'clock. There's not a soul in sight. I'm mean, you could fire a cannon down the street. And nobody would get hit. So I pull in the back. So there's it's nobody is there like it's abandoned. OK, and I just sit there quietly and the Lord starts to talk to me. Now, some of it I will share because it's got nothing to do with this topic. I will share it in the new year when I see you because he talked to me about the offerings of our church during the fast. And he talked to me about how we are to receive offerings differently, not, not physically necessarily differently, but the attitude that I have in receiving the offerings he needed to correct a little bit. And some of the pressure maybe, or the, uh, I don't know what other word, but pressure that is applied to the congregation at times he has been greatly displeased with. And he talked to me about that. And he talked to me about how doing that, because I'm afraid, because the budget's not being met, actually guarantees the budget to stay unmet. And that he can't help me. And that I actually open the door to demons when I do that. So anyway, we'll talk about that in the new year. But he taught me better how to take offerings and the attitude with which I need to go into the offering and come out of the offering with. So he was referring to that. And he said, do you remember how I talked to you about that? Because there were two scenarios. And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he's talking to me just like I'm talking right now, very clear. I can hear. In fact, since this fast has ended, his voice has, has become, I don't know what percentage, but it's become so much more clear to me. Uh, and the inner witness is so much crisper to me than it was before the fast. That is a, a very distinct change that I've noticed. I hear him much clearer and I hear him much without as much. Uh, is that God? <laughs> you know, I still do that from time to time. But overall, it's been that fast has helped clarify his voice to me in many ways. So he was talking to me just like I'm talking to you very, very clearly. I could hear the words, the authoritative voice of the spirit inside and speaking to me. It was coming from in here, not up in my mind. And he said, you remember that what I shared with you, the two things about the offering? I said, yes. He said, you've been applying those principles to your business and you are doing that in error. He said, your business does not operate like a local church. And so I started thinking, and he said, he said, pause and think about that for a minute. 
Sometimes he, he wants us to actually use our brain. So I thought, well, okay, you said to do this, this, and this. Yes, Lord, I guess that doesn't really apply because this is a small group of people that are believers that I'm trusting the Lord to speak to them to give an offering. But this is a large group of secular sinners that I'm not trusting the Lord to speak to them at all necessarily. And that doesn't mean God can't, but he doesn't operate the same way in the secular world as he does in the local church. There are similarities, but it is different. And that's all I'll say for now, because unless I explain the first thing to you, it doesn't make sense. And I don't have time to do that. So he said, did you, do you see how you're miss? I didn't talk to you about the business. I talked to you about the offerings. Don't take those principles. Some of them apply to the business, but not all of them. And you're trying to apply all of them. That's why you're getting confused. So I said, well, Lord, thank you for that. I'll I'll divide it more accurately and skillfully. So then he said, now with the business, he said, two of the principles from the offering apply, but there's another one that doesn't apply. And he told me what that was. And I don't need to get into that. But he said, now he said to me, as I guaranteed you that I'd make up the loss in the offering if you'd follow my instruction." He said, I'm guaranteeing you that I'll bless this business if you'll follow my instruction. He said it the same way, but the process is totally different with a secular thing versus a local church. So I had to get skillful in dividing the processes, but his promise, and some of the things applied, both categories and others didn't. But the point is he was saying, I'm guaranteeing you, son, that the offerings will come in if you follow my instruction." And I'm guaranteeing you that you will make money on this business more than you have been if you'll follow my instructions. He said, but one of the, and one, one of the three, one of the instructions was, you have got to be led by my spirit. Now we know that that's an obvious statement, but he said, you don't have to necessarily be led by my spirit in taking up offerings. Now you have to be led by the spirit in what you're taking the offering for, but you just pass the bucket. There's not much leading of the Spirit. You tell the people, you don't pressure them, you release your faith in God, you pass the bucket. How much leading is there in that? Other than knowing what to take the offering for, there's not much leading. But when you're dealing with complicated secular business with individuals and corporations, and there is a leading of the Spirit that is required to take their money. Because when I started this, he said, this is going to fulfill the scripture. And he quoted it to me. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. He said, son, you're just taking their money. To bl- I, I'm taking their money, not the believer's money, sinner's money yeah, yeah. to bless you. And it's easy because you're anointed to do it. There's an anointing on you to do it. Like there's an anointing on Jerry to do his thing. Like there's an anointing on Jesse to do his thing. Like there's an anointing on Greer to do his thing. I don't have any of those anointings, but I have this anointing. And he told me, he said, I'm anointing you for this. He said that during the first lockdown. And he said, this is going to be the easiest thing. It's going to be like taking candy from a baby. You're going to reach out your hand. You're going to take the sinner's money and you're going to put it in your pocket and laugh all the way to the bank. And then he said, and then you're going to tithe and you're going to give more in your offering than you did your tithe. And you're going to give the government their part because they like to take their part. And you're going to be above board and, 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 and totally transparent on everything you do, squeaky clean. And he said, but it's going to be, it's just going to be like reaching out and taking the devil's money and putting it in your pocket. It's going to be that easy. Well, he says that, but it didn't prove that easy at the beginning because I don't know what I'm doing. And it's complex and there's a lot of moving parts to it. So he said to me, you've got to learn to be led by the spirit in this business if you're going to be able to take the sinner's money. I want you to have it. It's your money. It's laid up for you. You're the just. But if you don't learn to be led by my spirit, when you take an offering, you don't really have to be led by the spirit all that much. But when you're dealing with complicated business transactions with sinners, you do. 
And so then I, I'm getting to the singles, so just be patient with me. So then he, this is all 11 o'clock last night. Now it's 11.15. I'm wanting another hamburger, but I didn't go back. And so I, I'm sitting there, and he said to me these words. And it was, I mean, it really was, it was quite profound to me. Because I know this. This is, not new, this is not new information, but it was rhema revelation to me, and that's the difference. You can know things. You can even have a rhema revelation on it in the past. But all of a sudden, it just, I don't know, it just erodes away. And then life gets busy, and you get distracted, and then problems happen. And you take a couple beatings, your faith takes a couple hard hits, and you make a couple mistakes, and you, you know, and then before you know it, that rhema that you had is kind of lost somewhere in the background. And God in His mercy will speak it back to you with, new fl with a new flame of fire in your heart, and it becomes like a, like a fire to you again. And so he said to me, he said, now you got to learn to be led by the Spirit in this thing or you're not going to be successful. Now, this is what he said to me. He said, what, now this, 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 this hurt me a little bit, but not in a way like I was just pleased. It just stung a little bit. Sometimes God has to correct you. He said, do you realize that the entire time you've been doing this practicing, as you call it, since April of this year, the entire time you've been guessing? I said, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I'm led by the Spirit. He said, not in this, you're not. He said, you're led by the Spirit in your church. You're led by the Spirit in your staff. You're led by the Spirit about the mantle. He said, but you're not being led by the Spirit in this business. He said, you're guessing. And he said, and do you know what guessing equates to? What the sinners do. He said, you are acting exactly like the sinners that you're doing business with. And then he spoke something to me that was powerful. And he said, does not my word, said he's quoting me in John, where it says, it's expedient, it's expedient that I go, that the Spirit of God may come. Expedient, if you study it in the Greek language, the word expedient in English word in the Greek means to have the advantage. And he said to me, you are guessing like the sinners with which you do business, which is why you have hardly made anything, because what you make a little, then you lose because you're guessing. He said, but I, son, I mean, he was talking to me just like I'm talking to you. He said, I have given you an advantage that they don't have. And immediately, because I'm a just, I'm a fair person, Taylor. Well, you don't believe that, but I am. And immediately I said in my mind, I didn't say it out loud. I have too much fear of him, but I said it in my mind. I guess he can read your mind. I said it in my mind, but that's cheating. That's cheating. You can't cheat. And he answered my thought, even though I never said it. He said, that is not cheating. He said, is it cheating that I talk to Jerry Savelle and give him inside information about what property to buy and what property to sell to make large amounts of money for his personal life? I said, no. He said, is, is, am I cheating by telling Jesse DePlantis how he does his antique business to make much money for his personal life? I said, no. He said, you remember the man that your wife told you about? that worked in the stock market as a believer and you'd fast and pray and I'd show him what to invest and what not to invest and he wouldn't come out of the prayer closet until I'd shown him the company to invest and he made millions of dollars. Greer told us about that man. He said, that man, I forget his name, but Greer told us about him. He said, that man, was, was that cheating? I said, no, sir. He said, well, then why would it be cheating for me to give you instruction that the people that you're dealing with don't have? That's right. yeah. He said, it's called the advantage. I've given you an advantage because you have me inside you, but you are not using it. You are guessing. I mean, it, it, it stung a little bit, Jenny, to hear that. 
but it's, but it's stung a little bit. He said, then he said this, and this is very important. He said, I asked you, now I'm being very transparent. I don't like to be this transparent, Taylor, but I'm doing this on purpose because I got to help people. And people think that I'm all that and everything, but I'm not. I'm human just like you. Now I tell people like I did Tyrone and he obeyed. Pray in tongues an hour over your business. God will bless it. I don't make legalistic about an hour, but I, that's just what I said. Well, the Lord had said to me long before I said anything to Tyrone, uh, well, you know, he, and he had said to me again, he had said to me in April when I was really starting this, he said, I want you to pray an hour a day in the spirit. Now, you see, I tell Tyrone, <laughs> Tyrone does it. Yeah. He goes to his workplace. He don't need to do it in his living room. Yeah. He goes to his workplace and paces the floor because I said to him, go to your workplace. Don't do it at home. But uh, I don't have a workplace. Sure. I don't have an office. Yeah. So I have to do it at home. But did I do it at home? No, because I'm busy. I'm tired. I got a lot going on. I got COVID. I got distractions. I got a mantle coming. I got people in the congregation. I got a council. I got a beautiful wife I have to take care of. I got lots on my plate. I don't have to, I'm being honest with you. I did it a little bit and then I'd stop. I'd do it a few days and then I'd stop. And I get distracted and then I'd stop and then I'd stop. And he said, sometimes you think God don't notice us. He notices everything. And he said to me, I asked you to pray an hour a day in the spirit about this business. Have you done that? I said, no, 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 sir, no, I haven't. I got distracted. And, he, and the, I'm telling you, Taylor, he read my mail. He said, and you know why you didn't do it, don't you, son? I said, I know it. I said, would you like to tell me or would you want me to tell you? And he said, I'll tell you why you didn't do it, because you had this religious mindset like I was trying to put some pressure on you like a burden. And so you had to pray so that you could just kind of get me off your back. And I said, well, Lord, I kind of did feel that way because I don't really understand. Like, like I understand the power of prayer. I know all that, but I'm busy. And I, I don't know, this, the whole business thing confused me. I don't even really want it. I just want to focus on the ministry. But you told me this was important for the future. For some reason, I still don't even know what you're talking about. But I'm trying to obey you in this. But I, it's stressful for me. And I'd just rather not even have it. So part of me is not doing it because I don't even hardly care about it. And the other part of me, I just kind of feel like you're, you're putting something more on my plate. I'm already praying for the congregation. I'm already praying for international. I'm already praying for so many things. Now I've got another hour of tongues in a day for a business that I don't even half understand. I just, it felt like it was another burden to me. And I felt like, okay, I'll do it to kind of please you and kind of appease you maybe and get you off my back. But I wasn't, whatever little I did, Taylor, I certainly didn't do it with the right attitude. And so the Lord said, you had this attitude about this prayer time for an hour a day, like you're trying to get me off your back, like I'm burdening you with something. And he spoke to me just as clear as I'm talking to you now. He said, son, do you not know why I asked you to pray for an hour a day? And I just paused because I really, my mind was spinning. Like I theologically, I'm sure I know, but I just can't think of the answer at the moment. He said, I asked you to pray an hour a day in the spirit, not just so that you can pray. I asked you to pray so that your spirit man about this business would start to have activation so that the answer that you need about the business would be prayed out so that the inner witness about this business would come so that you would be in the know about this business. You think I'm asking you to pray for the sake of praying. I'm asking you to pray to save you. 
I'm asking you to pray to help you. I'm asking you to pray to profit you. You're blaming me for the prayer, but the reason I'm asking you to pray is it's what's going to turn everything. It's the answer to everything. He said, you are guessing. Why? Because you are in your mind. You are soulish about this. But if you would just do what I said and pray in tongues an hour a day for this business, your spirit would start to move and your mind would be quiet and answers would be prayed out. And there, because the answer is prayed out, a knowing would then come in and there would be an inner witness. There would be a sense of knowing. There would be a sense of being in the know and you don't know in your mind what to do and you don't know in your mind how to handle that problem or that client or that situation. You have no idea. You're like the world. They don't know nothing. And you don't even have education where most of them do. So at least they've got some mental development. You don't even have mental development because you haven't gone to business school for it. But your spirit knows and has an advantage more than a degree, a master's degree in business. Not that master's degrees are wrong, but he didn't tell me to do that. He said, your spirit, my spirit within your spirit will show you what to do. I will give you the bearing of witness. There will be a sense of knowing where you don't understand why and your mind might fight you, but you know that you know that you know that you know and you follow that inward witness. That is the advantage over the sinner. And he said, you're acting like a sinner. And then you're complaining to me that I asked you to pray like it was some uh, religious burden I was putting on you. But I'm only asking you to pray because if you don't, you're going to fail. You've got to get out of your brain and into your spirit about this. And I, I, I closed my eyes and I put my hands on the steering wheel and I repented. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I said, from tonight, it changes. I am so sorry for being so foolish. How much time have I wasted? How many mistakes have I made that didn't need to be? And I said, and I, by the way, Lord, in case you didn't know, I really screwed up yesterday. I said, this whole thing's about to fall apart, and I don't know what to do about it. I'm going to lose, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars by the morning if this thing goes through the way it's looking like it's going to go through. And people are posting stuff, and I know it's falling apart. That's a bad feeling. I'm too afraid to tell Jenny. I don't dare dare tell her. I don't want to put the pressure on her. And then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, I give you my word. I will lead you. And I will prosper you in this endeavor if you will obey my instruction and get in the spirit by praying an hour a day from this moment forward. And I said, Lord, I give you my word. And then... He didn't say anything else. I go to bed. I wake up early. And I mean, the elephant is sitting on my shoulders. I mean, the pressure on me was so immense this morning. And I've done it to myself. I didn't listen to him. And I've risked everything. And I shouldn't have. I wouldn't have lost everything, but I would have lost way more than to pay it back would take me months. And then all those months I'm paying it back, but I'm not making anything. All my efforts are just paying back the loss. So I said, Lord... I woke up this morning and this elephant was on my shoulder. Jenny, Luke's, you know, beside me and he's sleeping quietly. And I woke up and I said, I almost found hard to breathe. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm going to do today, Lord. I just, I have to trust you. I have to trust you. And I just started praying in the spirit. He said, pray an hour. So I said, well, I might as well start now. So I just started praying an hour, praying. I just started praying. Just, I didn't get to an hour, but I just started praying. I just started praying. And then the Lord asked me a question. It was a very important question. And it was a motive discerning. It was to discern my motives. And he'll often look at your motives. 
Bible says he tries the reins of your heart. That means your motives. And he said, son, is it more important to you that you hear my voice or that you lose that money today? He asked me that question. I said, Father, honestly, I give, I'm, I'm not lying to you. It is far more valuable to me that I hear your voice. If I lose the money, I lose the money. You will make it back, and it might take me months, but that's okay with me. What matters to me is that I hear your voice. I don't want to go with my soul anymore and my brain anymore on this. Remember, Solomon was asked, what do you want? And he said, an understanding heart, which basically means to hear God, have wisdom, to know what God wants. And then God said, you didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for the next of your enemies. You didn't ask for long life. You asked for to basically to hear me guide you and give you wisdom so that you could treat the people right. So I'm going to give you everything you didn't ask for plus what you did ask for. And I felt like in some many way that something was very important about that to God. And I said, Lord, I'll lose the money. I don't care, but I don't ever want to do this in the flesh again. So do tell me whatever you want. Whatever you say, I'll do. I don't care if I lose it. I'll make it back. You'll make it back for me because you told me you will prosper me. So I, I, I'm safe even if it's going to be painful for a while. And something, I don't know if I, you know when you do a safe, Taylor, and then you, you come back and you're on that last number and you can, if it's a, not, like if it, not the new ones, but the older safes, the very old ones, you'd do that and you'd hear that. It was like that in my spirit. Something happened when I answered him the right way. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I was willing to take the loss. I just don't want to be in the flesh anymore. And, I, and I, something, I heard that click on the inside. And I thought, what is that? And I heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm going to take care of you today. He said, I've been working all night to turn this around for you and you didn't even know it. He said, now I want you to get on because I have to do stuff on the internet. He said, I want you to get on. And he said, you would normally do certain actions to try to mitigate this loss. And I said, I, I, he said, I don't want you to do anything until I tell you. I said, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you know what you're talking about? Because this is very risky. This is very dangerous. And he said, just trust me. And so I started the day with doing the stuff I had to do with those other people. And, and, and it looked very bad at first. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, don't do nothing yet. Don't do nothing yet. And the time was passing. An hour ticked by. And then all of a sudden I heard him say, do it now. And I did. And by that one action at that exact moment, I mean, it was timed to precision. And then other people that didn't do what they said they were going to do the night before. They changed their minds, and I don't know how they changed their minds. God must have changed their minds while they slept. And not only did I not lose a penny, but I gained about $15,000 in about 30 minutes by that deal. Now, most of that I'm just giving to the building fund. I'm just giving it to the church. But the money is not the point. The point is, because God gave us a number to give to the building fund, and I've been believing him for that number, and I needed this breakthrough to do that building fund. And so I'm, making, I'm meeting my pledge this Sunday. Praise God, because I've been waiting for that pledge to come, for the money for that pledge to come through. It looked like it was going the opposite direction, but now, praise God, it's come in. And, and, and I felt the Holy Ghost say, son, you see, if you just... Now, if I had been in my soul, Taylor... At that moment, because it looked like it was falling up, everything looked like it was happening exactly the way it said it would happen the night before. And if I do certain actions, I can maybe lessen the loss a little bit, but there'd still be gross, gross loss. And, but, but by just following the inward witness, everything in my mind was screaming, don't do that, don't do that. But my spirit, man, I was looking to my spirit. There was such peace. Wait. Wait, no, don't say that. No, don't do that. Wait, but Lord, but wait. Do it now. And just following the timing on that 
and God influencing other people. He had to influence them. This could not have happened if he had to influence them. So God, the angels were working probably while I was sleeping, and then the timing had to be exactly precise, but God caused it all to funnel together like, like a puzzle piece. And not only did it, he reversed it. He reversed it. Not only was there not a loss, but there was a significant gain that I can meet my property fund commitment. I'm the pastor. I'm a real person. People think that I just whisper and the angel brings me $10,000 or $20,000 for the building, but it doesn't work that way. I have to use a budget like the rest of you, and I have to believe God for extra like the rest of you. And I have to meet my, my fulfillment. I have to meet my, my pledge. I don't just tell you to meet it. I have to meet it. But I can meet it this Sunday because God did a miracle for me this morning. And I didn't deserve the miracle. I deserved a loss. But his mercy is so abundant to me. And not only did he give me the instruction for the long-term future, but he saved my hide in today's transaction. Which he didn't need to do, Jenny. He could have said, you deserve this. And you're going to take the loss and take six months to pay it back or whatever the time frame was because you didn't listen to me. All these months I've told you to pray, you didn't listen. But he saw my heart was truly repentant. And I said last night from the bottom of my heart, Lord, that changes tonight. I will never do that again. And then this morning, he wanted to see the motive. Uh, is it really, the, what, uh, am I really what you want or is it just you don't want to lose money? Lord, I'll take the loss. What I don't want is to displease you. What I don't want is to be in the flesh. And I meant it. I wasn't just saying it to blow smoke. I meant it and he knew I meant it and that's why there was that click. And I, I don't know, as soon as that click happened, it's like the door opened, the door of blessing opened. He'd been working on it all night because he knew in his foreknowledge I was going to do it. But he needed me to say it so that his power could start to work. And then he worked it out, this miraculous thing. Really, it was a miraculous thing. I can't give you details, but if you knew what the details, what I'm talking about, you would look at me and go, that's miraculous. Like it was impossible. And he did it. Not, and not only did he just, he could have just left it at that, Jenny. He could have just said, break even, no loss. But that's your punishment. You're not getting anything. But he blessed my socks off so I could meet my building fund requirements. Because that's what his mercy does. When your heart truly repents and you truly put him first and you say, Lord, I will get out of this head and I will get into my spirit. I want to follow the spirit in every decision that I make, little and, little and big. And his mercy, I'm telling you his mercy. I have to tell you that story. It was a long story. But if you don't understand the, the, how it came about and the impact on me and how, and I just, for half an hour, I just lay in bed. And, and, I, and, and I woke Lukey up actually by saying it because he was sleeping really long this morning for some reason. And I just stayed in bed until this whole thing was over. I felt like I couldn't get out of bed until it was resolved. Whether I'd lost the money or not, I had to just, I couldn't start my day until this problem was resolved one way or the other. And I just kept saying, Lord, you saved me. Lord, you saved me. I don't know how to thank you for saving me. I was so stupid. I deserved to lose it. But not only did you let me, not only did you break me even, but you gave me more. You saved me. Thank you. And I woke him up. He said, Daddy, what, who are you talking to? I said, I'm talking to Jesus. Why are you crying? I said, because he saved me. I said, yes, Je Jesus saved you. You're not going to hell, Daddy. That's what he said to me. He said, you're going to heaven. I said, not that saving, buddy. I said, he saved me with money. He said, Christmas money for my presents? I said, yes. I, mean, I don't know what to say to him. Yes, he gave me money to presents. You know, he thinks Santa, so I got to be very careful what I say. But I had to be very careful. I don't give away the, the, the secrets of the North Pole. But, but, but I woke him up with my praise because he saved me, Jenny. Now I'm lying there. I'm about to get up because I, the relief is just beyond what I can explain, explain to you. This whole nine months has not been a waste now. And more than, the, more than the gain and the lack of loss, 
more than that. That is piddlywinks, because it, it would have come back eventually anyway. He taught me something, which I know theologically, but I needed more rhema on it. Amen. I know it about the church, Jenny, but for some reason, I separate it like it didn't apply to business. I know it about certain things, but for some reason, this category was untouched. Right. Don't touch this category because it's different. Right. And it's not no category, is different. Mm-hmm. You need to get in your spirit about every category Absolutely. that you yeah. face. Yes, and some of us put certain categories off limits to God because we've been trained or because society or because the way we were raised or our insecurities or our hurt or our rejection or whatever it is, our ambition, whatever it is, that's off limits to God. That doesn't apply about being led by the Spirit, but all this other stuff, the spiritual stuff, oh yeah, that applies. No, no, every category applies. I was guilty of doing that myself. And he doesn't just want me to pray for the sake of praying. He wants me to pray to save me, to to, to bless me, to prosper me. So I I got something far more precious than not a loss or far more precious than dollars and cents. I got revelation about the value and the importance yet again of praying out the plan so that I can walk in the spirit instead of in my mind only. You have to use your brain, but you can't use your brain only. You gotta walk in the spirit. You gotta go with that inward knowing. That inward knowing will will, will cause you. Remember remember Jesus said to Dad Hagen, I don't mind my people being rich. I have a problem with them being covetous, which means greedy or money-minded. He said, if you learn to follow my spirit, I'll make you rich. In other words, if you learn to follow, not your mind, not your education, although those aid, but they're not the main source. If you learn to follow your spirit, not your hormones, not your feelings, not your ambition, not your pride. If you learn to follow my spirit, which is in our spirit, I'll make you rich. He don't have a problem with us being rich. He has a problem with us being money-minded and and greedy. And I'm not greedy because money doesn't have me. God has me. But he don't mind me having things if I've got the right attitude about it. But he, I've got to learn to follow this. See, what I've been doing is I've been following this and I've been hitting, miss, hitting, miss, hitting, miss, hitting, miss. Then I took a big risk following this and I almost lost everything. But if I just learn to follow this, Jenny, it's not hit and miss. I have an advantage. It's not cheating. It's an advantage. If they, they, they could have the Holy Ghost too. They just reject him or they don't know about him. But either way, they don't have an advantage. I do. All their education, the Holy Ghost knows beyond all their education. He's a genius at everything. He made the world. He didn't make Harvard. He made Harvard and the world. He made Yale and Oxford. And he knows more than all of them put together times a trillion. He knows everything. He is beyond education. He's beyond this plane of education. And he's in us. If he tells you to get education, get it. But if he doesn't, you don't need it to succeed because you've got the genius inside you. You've got an advantage. So I'm lying there. I'm about to get out of bed. I'm so relieved. I'm thinking, my God, this is taking a lot out of me. I need some eggs. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I'm about, I'm about to get out of the bed. And I heard the word of the Lord come to me and say these words. Before I got out, I heard him say, gather the singles tonight and tell them that many of them are displeasing me in their relationships. And he said, because like you, that's why I had to explain the story. Like you, they are in their minds and their souls and their emotions and their hormones. He listed all four. About decisions of relationships, but they are not following my spirit. And they are headed for danger and they are headed for loss. And I'm trying to rescue them, son. And I've been talking to some of them in their hearts and they refuse to listen. So now I'm going to speak to them through their pastor. So tell them your story. He told me to tell the story. I'm not just telling a story for telling a story. It's private. I'd rather people not know that information. That makes me look like a fool. 
Well, pastor, don't even pray about... I pray about the ministry all the time, but for some reason, that thing was... I just didn't think it was necessary for some reason. I don't know why we're like that, but we're categorical as humans. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, it was untouchable. That, 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 I figured that out on my own, God. And I didn't realize how badly I needed him. And I need him badly in every area, not just in the church and ministry and the anointing and the mantle. I need him in, in secular areas, financial areas. I need him in my marriage. I need him with my children. Because half the time, I don't always, I'm, try, I'm either too disciplined or not disciplined, disciplinary enough. And I need the balance of the Holy Ghost to know how to treat those boys and how to, how to gain their hearts and not turn them against me, but also not let them be rebels. Amen. Especially teenage boys, you know, they, they think they know everything and they think you're stupid and they tell you that sometimes. <laughs> And then you don't know if you should beat them or if you should run them out of the house or throw a pear at their heads. I don't know. I've tried the pear. That didn't work. So we're just going to have to keep praying. Praise God. But the point is we need the Holy Ghost counsel in every area. Not, there's no off-limit areas. Now, listen, if you're a single person of any age and you desire a spouse, some of the single people don't want a spouse. So praise God, then apply this to other areas of your life. But if you desire a spouse... If you want God's best for your life, let me tell you something. If you keep this category off limits to God for some weird reason, like I did, and not even realize you're doing it. I didn't even realize I was really doing it until he put the spotlight on me and he corrected me. And in the correction, he rescued me. Thank God he rescued me. If you have an area in your life, any of you watching, single or not, any category in your life, that for some reason, you are just not praying it out. I'm giving you counsel as your pastor. You're, going, you're, you're, you're walking up to loss and you don't even know it. It could be your children. It could be your marriage. It could be your in-laws. It could be something to do with an actual business. It could be relationships. It could be your sex life. It could be anything. It could be your, your eating habits. It could be anything. There is no off there's no category that's off limits to the Holy Ghost. He wants to be involved in every category, but as humans, sometimes we hold them off and out of certain categories because in our arrogance, we think we know better. Yeah. Or in our fear, we don't want him to change it. Exactly. Or in our concern, we don't want him to take something away from us. And then we forget that if he takes something away, it was, he's taking the snake away. He doesn't want us to get bitten. He's going to give us a puppy dog in return. Yeah. It's not a loss when he takes something away. It's a gain it, or it feels like a loss at times. Are you with me? Amen. So what I'm saying, he said, gather the young, the, the singles. Many of them, so some, not many, not, I take that back. I want to be exact. Some of them are displeasing me in their relationships and they are headed for loss. I've been trying to get it over to them, but they won't listen. So now I'm going to speak to them directly through you, their pastor. Tell them no category is off limits to me. And whatever category they don't pray in the Holy Ghost about, they are headed for loss. And if they are not getting in the spirit about their relationships, present or future, meaning you could have one now or you could just be praying for one in the future, but if they don't get in the spirit about their relationships, if they stay in their mind and in their soul and in their hormones and in their natural desires, if they stay there, they are going to make a mistake because they are guessing like the world. 
They are judging relationships on the outward appearance and on this thing and on money and on that thing. And it is all a mental calculation with pros and cons. And there's nothing wrong with having a list, but you've got to be careful that you don't make decisions on relationships by your natural understanding and reasoning. You've got to get in your spirit and get the knowing, the bearing of witness in here. And you don't, your mind might say, well, that doesn't really make sense. I don't, really, I don't like this. I don't like that. But you know that you know that you know they're wrong. Or you know that you know that you know they're right. And unless you pray in the Holy Ghost about it, you are in your soul and you're headed for loss. I got in the soul headed for loss and it came this close. And he rescued me. Thank God. And I'll never do it again. Not as long as I, I'd rather quit the business than, make the, than hurt the Lord again. And fail him. It's not just getting about money. It's about, it's about pleasing him. It's about filling the, fulfilling the assignment. Because my offerings have almost, not doubled, but I, I give a lot of it away. My offerings, I can't say doubled, but next year they'll have doubled. But this year I was practicing. But my offerings, I've given more to the church this year because I give so much of the business, whatever I get, I give away. I've given, my offerings for the church have gone skyrocketed this year. I might even be the biggest giver in the church this year. That's my, that's my goal. I don't, I don't ask, I don't find out who gives, but I asked Greg, he signs the receipts. I said, was I the biggest giver? The first four years, he said, yes. And then after that, no, I was so mad. And then he said, no, I've never been the biggest giver once since. I think 2020 might, might just might change it. Although I got some big wigs out there that are trying to outdo me. So let me tell you, big wigs keep going. Praise God. Please outdo me, but I'll beat you next year. What I'm saying is that I'm not in this for, just for personal gain. I want to bless the ministry. I want to give more to people that are in need. I want to give more to the vision of the church. That's the motive of why I started the business. I get the Mickey Mouse after, after stuff, but, but I did it so that I could bless the ministry. I wanted to bless God's work. Praise God. My motive was pure in it, but just because your motive's right, but Lord, Lord, I just want a man. I just, my motive just want, I just, I just want a man that loves you and loves me. See, your motive's pure, but if you're in your mind about it, you won't pray in the Holy Ghost. You're still, your motive may be right. You're still headed for loss. My motive was pure as the driven snow on that business, but I was headed for loss because I was in my mind, not my spirit. And I came that close. There was no knowing on the inside. I'm guessing like the sinner that I'm doing business with and I'm, I have the advantage and I won't use it. Single people, listen to me. You have an advantage. You have a genius. He knows everything about you and what you don't know about you, he knows. He knows what you need even though you don't know what you need. He knows what you need. He knows what kind of man you need. Man, he knows what kind of woman you need. He knows every part of your makeup, your hurts, your failures, your disappointments your insecurities, your rejection issues. He knows who's going to fit you, who was molded for you in heaven. He knows everything. You can't go by a mental list because he knows beyond your list. And if you just stay up here, but Lord, my motive's right. Who cares? You're headed for mistakes. But Lord, I, I'll just try to go for a few dates and I'll just decide. Hallelujah. That's no problem going on a date, but if you decide up here, you're going to make a mistake. I almost lost the whole thing by being mental and not spiritual, and I'm a pastor for goodness sakes. I should know better. But for some reason, that category was kind of, I don't know, I didn't mean it, but it was kind of off limits to God. And some of the singles there, oh, they'll pray about their this, they'll pray about their job, they'll pray about that, they'll pray about this. 
But for some reason, they don't want to pray about their relationships. Maybe they're afraid that God will tell them something they don't want. Maybe they're afraid God will bring them something that they don't want. But God knows you better than you. So why don't you just trust him instead of keeping him at bay so that you can be in your soul and then head for a mistake and then get a broken heart or get pregnant or, or whatever. Why would you trust him? So I, 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 the message to you, I, I'm telling you, he didn't say it for long. There was only maybe 30 seconds, but that one statement, but I mean, it was booming and it, and it came to me before I even got out of the bed. And he said, gather the singles. And that's why we sent the email because we can't gather in person. He said, gather the singles and tell them that many, that, that some of them are displeasing me in their relationships and they're headed for loss because they're in their mind and their soul and their hormones. They're in all these categories in their soul realm, but they won't. It's off limits. They've made it like you did, son. They've made it off limits to me and they don't even know why, but they have. But tell them if they would get in their spirit and if they would just like you do with the business, just like you do for the church, because I pray hours a day for the church, but I wasn't giving any time to the business because I really don't care about the business, but I care about the church. I'm only allowed to do it one day a month anyway. So who cares about that? My focus is the church. So I was giving all my time to praying in church, but that's still an assignment to bless the church and he wants me to pray it out. So you might be praying all these things, but you need to take time. Single person, listen to me. Take time like it's an assignment. Like it's got horns, like handles to hold on. Like it's a business, although it's not a business, but you know what I'm saying. Take time and say, Father, regarding this future relationship, my desire to have a spouse. Lord, you know me better than I know myself. I've I've got a brain. You're going to have me use my brain. I have emotions and all of those will be in the right place. But I have an advantage unlike the world. And the advantage I have is the Holy Ghost. And I give you my word. I give you my word that I will no longer make natural carnal decisions. Some of you are making decisions on relationships because you're afraid that your biological clock will stop ticking and you want babies and that's a God-given desire, but you've got in the flesh because you're fearful that you're not going to find the man in time. And so you're going to marry the wrong person so that you can have a baby with them and be shackled to the wrong person for the rest of your life. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to have a baby. What I'm saying is that your rejection issues should not trump the leading of the Spirit. Your insecurity should not trump the leading of the Spirit. Your desire for a child should not trump the leading of the Spirit. Your desire to be normal. I just want to be normal. I don't want to be single. I want somebody to love me. Yes, God gave you that desire, but don't fulfill it in the arm of the flesh like Abraham when he did that with, with, the, with Hagar and he got Ishmael and God refused to talk to him for 30 13 long years, he was mad at him. He didn't listen to the one, he didn't listen to God. He listened to his wife who tried to get him in the flesh because she couldn't figure out the plan with her brain. Now, when you can't figure out the plan with your brain, you're going to get in the flesh. You're going to make something lesser. He wants you to have your Isaac, not your Ishmael. But it takes time, it takes faithfulness, it takes patience, it takes trust. Father, I trust you. I have faith in you that you won't let me down, that you will give me this in the right time. You know when my clock stops. You know when I need to have a baby. I'm not going to fulfill it in the arm of the flesh like Abraham. I'm going to fulfill it in the arm of the Spirit. This is the great act of faith, single person. It takes tremendous faith to trust God when everything and your hormones and your soul and your emotions and everything, your romance, part of you. Everything is crying for it. And you're still saying, I trust you. I would rather not have it than have it wrong. I would rather not get married and be alone for the rest of my life. And if that's what you want, that's what I want. But I will not fulfill it in the flesh. 
Let me be led by your spirit. Lord, I pray it out now. And you start to pray it out and pray it out. Lord, I pray out now. I target my tongues. I specify my tongues. I pray out the plan. I lay the track so the train can come through. I pray for my future marriage. I pray for my mate. I pray for my spouse. I pray for my relationships. And you pray. And you turn off your stupid phone. And you turn off your dumb Instagrams and this, that, and that. Turn it off and focus. That's your time praying out the plan. And what will happen? You may not notice it one day, one week, one month. But I guarantee you that a knowing will come. It will bubble up. And when you see that one and your mind and your soul goes, Woo, your spirit will say, no. And you will, it will be so loud because you prayed it out. Why did I miss this instruction a couple days ago? Because I hadn't prayed it. So I'm making a decision here. I'm taking a risk here. And the Holy Ghost was warning me, but I can't hear him because I haven't prayed. But then when I started praying, I was about to make another mistake this morning, trying to cut losses. But by listening, by listening, by listening, he turned it. And if you'll listen, if you'll listen, if you'll listen. He'll lead you to the place where that person is. He'll lead you to the website where that person is. He'll lead you to the conference. He'll lead you. Whatever it takes, he'll lead you. And when the right one comes, you'll know. And when the wrong one comes, and there'll be probably many more wrong than right, you'll also know. Because the devil wants to throw you off. He'll send the best looking ones, the richest ones to throw you off. He'll send the Hagar. He'll send the Hagar. And the result is going to be the Ishmael. And you will not like what you get after you get it. Oh, you go through the wedding. You go through the honeymoon. And then you come back. Sometimes honeymoon isn't even as good as you think it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be vulgar because I'm not vulgar. But when you're out of the will of God, sex isn't that fun. I've never had it out of the will of God. This is my only partner for life. Period. But I've heard so many people tell me. I thought it was going to be so fun. But the whole way in that honeymoon, I knew I'd made a mistake. And that pressure and that displeasure of God and that fear of what have I got myself into and that, oh my God, can I leave, Lord, without sinning? And oh my God, all the things you think are going to be so romantic and so hot, 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 they're cold, cold, cold. Then you wish you hadn't done it. But you know, people don't, they don't want to listen. They they want to do what they want to do. They, they, They just want to do what they want to do, Jenny. And you don't have to. You've got an advantage. You've got the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is pray. Yes. He's not even hard. Yes. He didn't say give an offering. You can, but you don't have to. He said pray. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. I just, I had to tell the story or they wouldn't get the impact of it, of what it impact me in a totally different area. But the Lord said every area, son. You having problems with your son? Are you praying in the Holy Ghost about him? I said, Lord, I've got to pray in the Holy Ghost about everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. He didn't say I had to pray an hour a day about everything. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He said, but why don't you take five minutes? Mm-hmm. You've got a problem there. It's not working right. Lord, I lift this situation up. I don't really know how to fix this. Yeah. Now, my mind is probably going to mess it up because I just, I'm not a genius. I'm not Charles D- James Dobson or whatever his name is, the, you know, the guy that knows everything about every kid and knows all the answers. And even he needs the Holy Ghost. I said, I just pray that out. It even takes five minutes. If I just do that a little bit, a knowing will come. And knowing will come. No, no, Craig, don't do that. That's going to make it worse. That's how your dad did it, but that made it worse for you. Don't make it worse for him, son. And then there's an issue with the staff. I don't know how to deal with that. Prayed out in the Holy Ghost. A knowing comes. There's an issue with the business. So there's an issue with a relationship. There's an issue with my father who's not saved. I'm trying to learn how to witness to him. 
because every time I try, he rejects it. So, but that, that the Holy Ghost knows. <laughs> And maybe it's not even for me to witness. Maybe it's for God to put one of his buddies, his rich buddies in his life that got born again. Maybe he'll listen to the rich buddy and not his son. But either way, I got to know the strategy to get him saved so that he doesn't go to hell. So I, I need to pray that out more instead of trying to figure it out more. Stop figuring and start praying. And knowing will come. Now, this could apply to businessmen, Taylor. And if businessmen are listening, they'll get great help. But he didn't, it applies to every area. But the what he specified... Gather the singles, for some are in relationships that displease me, and they are heading for loss. They're in their soul, they're in their mind, they're in their emotions, they're in their hormones, and they're not following my spirit because they won't pray. For some reason, they've made it off limits, just like you did, son. So tell them, don't make it off limits. I guarantee them I will help them if they will yield to my spirit. There is an advantage. Don't act like the sinner when you've got an advantage on the inside of you. Praise God. Father, I pray for every single person. Lord, of course, every person, this applies to in different areas, but for every single person, Father, within the sound of my voice that's listening, that's here, that will listen after tonight is over when they go back on archives. Father, every person, I pray that you would put your arms around them. I pray that you would comfort them. If they're in a relationship and they're not sure, they don't have to be rash. They just have to start praying. If it's wrong, the knowing will come. If it's right, the knowing will come. They don't have to make rash, crazy actions that are going to devastate others or hurt them or be weird. Lord, even if they're in a relationship, if they don't know if it's right or wrong, they don't have to make some big decision tonight. That's in their mind. But they can just start to pray tonight. They can start to lift it before your throne of grace in tongues. And in a day or a week or a month, eventually a knowing is going to come. A knowing always comes. That's the wonderful thing about tongues, Father. You can't pray out the plan without a knowing coming one way or the other. It's guaranteed. It's the only thing that Satan can't mimic. It is the only thing that is pure. It is the only thing that is guaranteed to be right. Even prophetic words can be wrong. Even scriptures can be misinterpreted. Even somebody's advice to you could be skewed. Even voices you hear could be the devil and you think they're God, but the inner witness can never be wrong. And if they will just pray, even if they're in a relationship, just pray, a knowing will come. If it's to leave, let them have courage to obey or they'll be headed for loss. If it's to stay, if it's right, let them rejoice and plan the marriage quickly so that they don't fall into fornication and sin. Father, let them do this. I pray for them, young people and older people. He didn't just specify age. He said singles, some singles. That could even be older ones. Are the, the relationships displease me. So, Father, I pray for every one of whoever those are. Help them, Holy Ghost. Put your arms around them. Comfort them. Correct them, rescue them, but love them. Love them, Father. It's your mercy. It's your, it's your kindness and goodness that leads us to repentance. So, Lord, like you were merciful to me and you turned the whole thing around, be merciful to them. And, Lord, let them trust you. I had to trust you with that. Lord, it's a different category, but let them trust you with their emotions. Let them trust you with their future. Let them trust you with their hormones. Let them trust you with their desires. Let them trust you with their future of having children. Let them trust, trust, trust you that you will not lead them wrong. Let them trust you. It's a great act of faith to pray it out in the Holy Ghost. You're showing God that you trust him more than your own ability to figure it out. 
Praise God. Amen. I'm going to have my wife come and close in a second, but I just want to tell you this. And I had verse scriptures, but there's, I ran out of time. Maybe I'll read it next Wednesday or something. But listen to me. If you are dating somebody that is not saved, you automatically have violated God's word. You don't need to pray and ask the Holy Ghost because he will never violate this book. And this book is clear and abundant on multiple scriptures that you are forbidden as a born-again believer to have any romantic affiliation whatsoever with a sinner. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Because it's amazing to me how people still get this wrong. Because of fear because of hormones, because they want sex, because they want babies, because they want romance, and they violate God's word, and then they wonder, why, how come God won't bless me? You are forbidden, according to God's word, to be romantically involved with a sinner. Yes. That's right. So don't pray. Dad Hagen taught us, if you pray about something that the scripture is clear on, and you are violating, you'll open the door to demons. Yes. Well, God, is it really that wrong? Demons will come and start speaking to you, because now the word isn't enough. And demons will accommodate your foolishness. So stop it. I don't, you don't need to even pray. You don't need to pray in the Holy Ghost about that. You ended tonight. You call that loser or you text him or you do whatever you want. And I don't mean a loser, but he is a, he is going to cause your life to lose or she is going to cause your life. Listen to me, young man. She is going to cause you to lose. You text her, call her, Instagram or whatever the stupid things that people do and say, it's over. Your father's the devil. My father's the father. And if you want your father to change, don't do it for me. Because you're going to have to sit in church and I'm not going to date you for at least a little while while I see that it's real. Because they'll lie like a rug. They'll tell you, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. And then as soon, once they got you, they go right back to their old ways. You don't need to pray in the Holy Ghost about that. The Bible tells you. But if they're born again, now listen closely. They may not be part of our camp. They may not be part of our church. But they're born again. They qualify. But just because they qualify <laughs> does not mean that they're God's choice. I can put an ad in and say, I need this position filled. And I have all these people come, which we don't. We hire from within. But you know what I'm saying. They all qualify with the education and the experience. But that doesn't mean that God is going to pick them. So just because they're saved doesn't mean God's going to pick them. And yes, the highest flow, like Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne and Dad, Dufresne and Dad Hagen have taught us, is to stay within your camp. Because if you're going to marry somebody who's born again that thinks praying in tongues is of the devil, you're going to have an uphill battle, my brother and my sister. Yes, but can God change their heart? Sure. I'm not saying that you shouldn't marry somebody that's not in our camp because they still qualify, but you still got, don't, don't make the mistake. But Lord, but Lord, they're saved. I don't need to pray. They're saved. No, no. Especially if they're not part of our flow. Pray even if they are saved and get the knowing. But Lord, I don't need to pray because they come to promise of life and they lift their hands and they pray in the Holy Ghost and they give to the building fund. Amen. I don't even need to pray. Yes, you do. Because God may not have them for you even though they tick all the boxes spiritually and in our flow. He may have somebody in a Baptist church for you that's about to get gloriously filled with the Holy Ghost and God saw the future from the present and he says that's the one that's going to fulfill it. So don't just think because they're part of this church or they're part of Pasadena Church or they're part of our Word and Spirit company that they automatically qualify. They qualify but they may not be chosen for you. So you still have to pray. No matter how you do it, only thing you don't have to pray about is if they're a sinner, then just dump them like radioactive waste because they're going to talk, they're they're toxic for you. But if they're born again, you don't have to dump them, just pray and let the Holy Ghost show you. But please, for the love of God, don't go into these relationships that cause you loss because you're insecure. 
Because you're lonely. I understand that you're lonely. But God, you don't want to take, you don't want to play with your future. You're playing Russian roulette. Let's just hope this is the right one. And if you happen, the barrel happens to land just a little bit wrong, it's going to destroy you. Why would you play with your future when it's so easy? Just pray. That's the wonderful thing about tongues, Jenny. No matter what you've made a mistake on, tongues, can I give you a quote? And you better give me credit for this. Put it on a mug. Tongues is the great equalizer. Where, doesn't matter how many mistakes I've made, if I just pray in tongues, eventually the right answer is going to come. And, it, and I'll fix whatever mistake I made. I'll make the correction. I'll repent. I'll be rescued. And if I've made the right decision, it will confirm the decision. And then I'll be like, glory to God. Tongues equalizes every decision you'll ever make if you'll just give yourself to praying in the Spirit. And the more you pray, the faster you get your answer. Why do you think Pastor Nancy got married in, three we- in, in, in yeah. two months or whatever it was? Because she prayed for three weeks, eight hours a day straight about her mate. She wasn't praying for the healing anointing. She wasn't praying for revelation from the word. She prayed for eight hours a day for three weeks straight about her mate. And then God revealed it. So don't tell me, well, I I, I prayed in 12 minutes and my God, I'm going to get the answer today. You might have to push a little bit. It might take some time, but I promise you the answer will come. I just want you to, I'm done. I just want you to, I just thought, I don't know what it is, but the Holy Ghost before he said she'll have something to say. So just finish it up and we'll go. Glory to God. Um, So this is what the Holy Spirit said to me as I was sitting there. He said, there are some, he said that a familiar spirit is attached to them. And there are cycles that they go through in terms of relationships. And he said, it's not familiar spirits carry every face and reputation. They, are cha- they change depending on the person, but they know the person. So some people, you will never see that manifest in their life. You will not see uh, a cycle of brokenness, of broken relationships. You won't see that, um, not because they're immune to it, but that's not the way the spirit attaches to them. It might be a, a struggle in a different area and to bring confusion, and to bring uh, a lack of stability in that area so that they can make the right decision. And other people, if you talk to them, um, it will come that they're having a problem in another area where there's cycles of things. But he said, in the area that the pastor is talking about tonight, he's, and I saw this in my spirit, I've never had this thought before, but I know this by the spirit. He said, there are familiar spirits that are released and assigned to some in the area of relationships. And it is to bring them brokenness. It is to bring them cycles of brokenness where and much confusion. And it brings instability over time and it it corrodes confidence in God to be able to answer that for them because they're always, they're listening to another spirit. And the reason they fall for it, he said, is because it looks so good. It feels good, it looks right. And he said, I want you to pray and I want you to break the power, of that spirit on their mind for those that it applies to. Now, Father. Second. Before you pray, I just need, I need you to clarify yeah. so that they don't think they're demon possessed. No, I, I know no, that no. I know, we assume people know that. True. But a familiar spirit watches you. Yes. It knows everything about you. It's yes. assigned to you from birth yeah. and it knows every little tick and fancy that you have. 
It knows your vices, it knows your areas of easily that you sin in, it knows your emotional makeup, it yeah. knows your hurts, it knows your insecurities, it knows your rejection issues, and it, pr it preys on those weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And that's, that spirit that knows you is trying to influence you about relationships. It works on the weaknesses that you have and causes those cycles that you, that doesn't mean you're, as a believer, you can't be possessed. But no. that spirit can be influencing you and it sounds so, it, you don't think it's you because it's not you. It's actually a spirit that's influencing your thoughts. Yeah. And that sometimes has to be broken so that your mind can hear God more clearly without that thing influencing your decisions. Yeah. So I just want them to know that doesn't mean that they've got some, you know, no, no. dark future or it's something. Called, it's oppression. Yeah. It's oppression. Yeah. And it, it doesn't look like demonized behavior. It's just in some, like some people have it in one avenue, other people have it in another. But I, he spoke to me by the spirit and he said, for some, he said, it is a familiar spirit that knows their weakness, that comes to destabilize their life and put them in a cycle and a pattern to bring great pain and to deconstruct the plan. He said, it's from hell and it comes, he said, to take them off the path that I've got for them. Now, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, for those, Lord, that, are, that qualify for this tonight, Lord God, that you said it's a familiar spirit assigned to them, in the name of Jesus, you foul devil from hell that would come against their mind to bring confusion, to bring patterns of failure. And we just break that right now in the name of Jesus, you foul lying spirit. And we say to you, get your hands off of those people. In the mighty name of Jesus, the blood be against you. And we bind you confusion and every thought and every cycle of hell that would come and bind them and keep them from getting on the right path when it comes to their relationships. Now, Father, we plead the blood over those, Lord. You know who they are, Father. We plead the precious, holy blood of the covenant, the blood of Jesus that came to redeem them, Lord, from those familiar spirits. And as their spiritual pastors, as their spiritual head, we stand in that place tonight and we take authority over it for them, Lord, because you caused us to be able to see it. And we break your power in the name of Jesus. And I say right now, clarity will come by the Holy Ghost and that shackle, that bondage, that confusion, that veil will be ripped asunder from them. And in the name of Jesus, for those that recognize it, Lord, I thank you. You bring them great deliverance tonight where there has been failing, where there has been a heartache, where there has been confusion keeps coming up in my heart. Lord, I thank you that you make it very clear for them tonight, Lord. Lord, and you put those feet, those feet, Lord, their feet on a path, Lord, that is solid and sure going forward. And we thank you, Lord, for that deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for healing them, Lord, and bringing deliverance in Jesus, you, name. Jesus name. Thank you, honey. That was, I knew you'd have something. Amen. Praise God. I trust that you got some nuggets tonight and that the future will be different. Amen. Hallelujah.